The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Um, and so today we're going to start a, a new series. We're going to get radical with it like we always do. We're going to start a brand new series. And this one we've titled Every Prayer Answered. Not just some, but every. Amen. And this is God's will for every single one of us. It is to answer every, not some, every single one of our prayers. And the answer that God wants to give to you is yes and amen. He's already put that rubber stamp on uh, every single one of your prayers, if you pray right, right? That's the answer that you're going to get. And uh, with that, let me just uh, throw in a caveat there that uh, complaining is not praying. Uh, can I get an amen? Just because you start with our Father and you end with in Jesus' name does not mean you were praying in between. You could have been complaining. You could have been spelling out how terrible it is. Amen? You could have been filling up, you know, the, the space with all kinds of unbelief and doubt. That does not qualify as prayer. But when you do pray, if you really do pray, uh, the answer that you get from the Lord when you pray His promises is yes and amen. Amen? And so I'm going to be sharing from one of my uh, many books. This one is called Every Prayer Answered. And I was talking to Julie, actually, in between services, and she said to me, she said, Pastor, this is the book that got me to come to Faith Hill Church, one of the... Three, she said she was at Scoobs, right? They used to have a bookstore called Scoobs at uh, Monte Cassino, and she, she was bored. Praise God for boredom. <laughs> she, she was bored waiting for her mom or something, and she went to the bookstore, and uh, one of the books she picked up, uh, she picked up all three, right? And she read this one, and she said, this is kind of interesting. I need to go find where these people are. And she came, and she never left. Praise God. And so we, we're going to be talking about prayer, and uh, this is the statement we start the book with, and it says, praying the wrong way will not only limit your results, but it will frustrate your prayer life. And so this is why we all need to learn how to pray right, because when you pray the wrong way, you're going to get frustrated because you won't see results, and when you get frustrated, you, you, you know, the natural consequence is that you stop praying. You, man, it doesn't work. You know, leave me alone, right? But here's the deal is that this, 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 this thing, when you study it out, when you understand what prayer is and you start functioning uh, in, in the true uh, meaning of, of prayer and the true reason that, that God gave us this opportunity, that's what it is, right? It's a privilege. Uh, when you start functioning in that, man, it's sweet. It's awesome. And you'll get uh, lots of results and you'll enjoy it. You'll do it more and more. Uh, you'll do it every single day of your life. And so the first thing I want to uh, talk to you about as we launch into this is that prayer is not a synonym for asking. So for most people, when we say, let us pray, uh, they hear, let us present our grocery list. 
That's what they hear, right? So prayer is not a synonym for asking. The foundation of prayer is fellowship with God. The foundation of prayer is relationship with God. The foundation of prayer is spending time with our Heavenly Father. Amen? Uh, Adam lived in a perfect environment. Uh, You know, the climate was right. Uh, the food was right. The Garden of Eden produced just right. There were no weeds in the Garden of Eden. Everything was just perfect, yet he still prayed. He lived in a perfect environment, but he prayed. You know why? Because prayer has very little to do with asking. There is something called the prayer of asking. God wants you to come to him with your needs and you'll answer them. But if that's all you have in your prayer life, you're going to get frustrated. Amen. Do you have any people in your, in your cell phone, in your phone book, that you know when they're calling, you, you already know? They never call you to say hi. They never call you to check on you. They, when they call, you can bet money on it, and you'll be 100% right that, okay, they, there we go again. They want something. And so you don't want, the only time you hit God up, you don't want to be one of those. Where the only time you hit God up is, is, is because you want something from him. That becomes a dysfunctional relationship. Can I get an amen? And so the majority of our prayer life should be hanging out with God. It should be fellowship with God. Even when we don't need anything from God. We should just love spending time with our Heavenly Father. Can I get an amen? And so that's the foundation of prayer. It is fellowship. God wants us to enjoy uh, some fellowship time with Him. In the first service, I called it uh, being intimate with God, right? That's where we get the word uh, knowledge from. It's ginosko in the Greek. It, it means being intimate with our Heavenly Father. Amen? When we are intimate with God, it, it's, 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 that's where prayer is at. You know, Jabu was talking about those that know their God. He says they shall be strong and they shall do great exploits. The way you get to know God, one of the ways is by, is, is by being intimate with him. He's not talking about a surface level knowledge. He's talking about an intimate knowledge with God. Amen. Amen. And this is why Jesus would take time out. We read last week, every often Jesus would take time out and go and be intimate with God. And when he came back, this is what he would declare. I only do the things which I see my father do. I only speak the things which I hear my father say. And the reason Jesus could see and do was because his prayer life, I'm going to wreck some of you, his prayer life was just not categorized by activity. You see, if, you, if you're going to see something, you at least have to be paying attention. And so I'm here to tell you that some of your prayer should be about just looking. And most of your prayer should also be about just listening. That's a hard message to preach to a charismatic church. Because when we say prayer, what we hear is, Shanda sheke sheke, hey, 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 la, ra, ra, ha, ha, ha. When we say prayer, we don't see What would you have me do, sir? But prayer is a dialogue. It is not a monologue. And in the place of prayer, we should be doing the least talking. Prayer is the only place where the one who doesn't know what they're talking about likes to do all the talking. It's the only place. When we go to the dentist, we listen to them. You are the expert, right? Hey. 
I'm going to chill out and let you talk. When we go to the doctors, hey, I'm going to let you talk. But when we go to God, God, I'm not sure you know anything about this life thing. So I'm going to be the one to inform you how terrible it is. I'm going to be the one to inform you what you need to do and when you need to have done it by. And so we need to be intimate with God. The reason we need to be intimate with God is because this is really the foundation of our Christian walk. Eternal life, right? John 3, 16. He who believes in him shall have what? Eternal life. What is eternal life? John 17, verse 3 says, This is eternal life, to know the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. When we understand that, you know, being intimate with God is the very essence of our uh, uh, being, of our uh, Christian walk with the Lord, man, we will start to take full advantage of it and we'll start to enjoy it. It's a privilege that Jesus gave to us. Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us go into the boldness, into the throne room of grace with boldness so we can obtain help in times of need. You and I are different from the Old Testament saints in that we can have a functional relationship with God that has no strings attached. Amen. Amen. I said, amen. And so God wants us to spend time with him in an intimate way. And when we do, watch this now, it's about to get real. When we do, this is where conception happens. Conception happens in the place of intimacy. Did you hear what I said? Conception happens in the place of intimacy. When you start to uh, make it a habit to be intimate with God, God begins to plant seeds in our spirit, right? Seeds of revelation, seeds of uh, business ideas, seeds of wisdom. He begins to plant them uh, when we are intimate with him. Without intimacy, we may have to uh, fake it. We may have to uh, fake a pregnancy. And so that's what usually happens is that people who are just too busy, they don't have time to be intimate with the Lord, uh, they are relegated to the realm of, you know, copy and paste. They just have to copy somebody else. They just, okay, this is what it looks like when you're pregnant. And unfortunately, you know, I don't have time to be intimate with God to get, you know, my own pregnancy. So I'm just going to get a pillow and put it in my shirt and I'm going to walk around like pregnant people. In other words, you live on borrowed revelation. But the problem with that is that at full term, you know, it won't give birth to a baby. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so, and so if you really want to receive from the Lord, the Apostle Paul, what did he do? When he, uh, he had the, the experience on his road to Damascus, what did he do? For three years, he went to the desert in Arabia, and he was intimate with God. And during those three years, God planted seeds of the gospel of grace on the inside of him. Uh, when Jesus took his disciples, right, a bunch of boys who were just fishermen, taxmen, uh, doctors who didn't know much about nothing, he took them and he said, the first thing we need to do is I'm going to call you to myself so that you can be intimate with me, and when you're intimate with me, I'm going to plant something in you that would then radically change the world. It's always start with a place of going to God and being in intimate relationship. That's what prayer is about. Amen? Amen. It is about being intimate with God, spending time with him. No strings attached. Now, I'm not saying there's no uh, place for you to ask things from God, but I'm saying if that's the majority of your prayer life, you're missing out on a whole lot more that God wants to do in your life. Can I get an amen? God just wants to hang out with you. He just wants to spend time uh, with you. Amen? And if you're going to do it really effectively, the foundation for all of this is honor. 
You have to honor that quality time that you spend time with God. You have to honor uh, that relationship that you have uh, with your Heavenly Father. You have to honor that privilege that Jesus has given us that we can, you know, we can spend time with God without going through any middleman. It's a powerful thing that God has given us, and we have to honor it. And I have to say, speaking from my own you know, experience with the grace crowd, is that this is one area that we sometimes lack in. You know, we, we, we get too familiar with God that we actually uh, get to a point where we stop honoring God. We just start treating God any kind of way. Like, you know, God stops being God Almighty. He becomes, you know, cousin God. <laughs> you can just treat him cheaply. And we are missing out on a lot. You know why? Because when you fear God, and I'm not talking about being afraid of God. I'm talking about having a reverential fear for God and honor for God Almighty. When you honor God, it's the foundation for being intimate with Him and receiving from Him. When you honor God, the Bible says it's the beginning of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. It says the fear of God prolongs life. Amen? Amen. And so we need to learn how to honor and, and, and value God. You know, there's a, a troubling story really in Genesis chapter number 28. It's really troubling when you think about it. Uh, you know, Jacob fell asleep right at Bethel. And then while he was sleeping, he saw uh, in, a, in a dream, he saw a ladder going up to heaven. And uh, angels were going up and descending, you know, taking up stuff and bringing down stuff, right? And uh, right at the top, we saw God Almighty, and God pronounced a blessing on him and, and spoke a prophetic word of what, you know, Jacob was called to do. Basically, God put a seed, exactly what we're talking about, but it had to happen in a place of intimacy. Do you all see that? And, and when Jacob woke up, he said this statement, and it's a troubling statement, and it should concern us, those of us who live in this dispensation. This is what Jacob said. He said, man, this this is the house of God, and I didn't even know it, which means I could have missed it. I could have taken this place for granted. And so many of us, you know, myself included, we've missed on these God moments, on these God opportune moments, because, you know, something happens. Sometimes we just get too busy. We don't have time. Man, this is the house of God, and I almost missed it. That's what Jacob said. This is the place. And he said, I'm going to name this place uh, Bethel, the house of God. Amen? Amen. And so I came to tell somebody today that, man, you and I have a privilege that we shouldn't take for granted. Yeah. We have a privilege to have a functional, intimate relationship with God. Don't take that for granted. We have a Bible, 66 books of the Bible. And now that we can put it on our phones, we hardly ever read it, right? There are people who died translating it, putting it in a language that would give you and I access to the promises of God. Do you know how valuable that is? We hardly ever touch that thing. And they say familiarity breeds contempt. You really want to go to the next level. This may sound like I'm preaching the law, but I'm not. I'm, I'm right in grace, right? Uh, this, this is why Jesus, uh, even though he had access to many people, think about it. Jesus had access to the Pharisees and the, the sad, you see, the people who were sad, you see. <laughs> so, he, had far, he had access to the people he grew up with in Nazareth. He had access to not just the three, but the 12 disciples. But when it, when it was time to go to the next level, he only took the three, the people who had honor for what was about to happen at the Mount of Transfiguration. 
Have you thought about it? This would have been a perfect opportunity to convince the Pharisees. But no, no, God is not about to convince people who are full of dishonor. Dishonor disconnects you from what God is doing in the earth realm. Because guess what? Even if Jesus had taken the Pharisees up the Mount of Transfiguration, they would have still uh, written it off as that was just a hologram. That was just special effects. That, that, that wasn't really Elijah. <laughs> no. Jesus wasn't really transfigured. That was just special effects. Something happened. Someone had a light. You can't convince the people that don't have honor in their heart. So what God does in leadership is he only takes to the next level people that have honor. This could preach if you are a leader in any uh, capacity or form. Your job is not trying to convince the Pharisees. Your job is to identify Peter, James, and John and take them to the next level with you. Because the Pharisees aren't going to be convinced. The people at Nazareth, they're still going to say he's just but a carpenter's son. Yeah, we saw the things he did, but uh, don't forget, he's just but a carpenter's son. Amen? I said amen. And so honor becomes the foundation uh, to, by which we begin to take advantage. Man, when we approach God, we ought to approach him with reverence. We're going to one day, uh, you know, get to heaven, and it's going to be a place of worship, of reverence. We're going to be joining in with the 24 elders. You know, and there's going to be a you know, time for where God gives us a hug, and, you know, we get to go outside and play uh, cricket and, and things. Of, but, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> make no mistake. <laughs> When it's worship time, it's worship time, right? It's time to make him big and, and glorify God Almighty. Even Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray, he said, when you pray, start with worship. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us today our daily bread. Jesus didn't say, you say, our Father, give us today our daily bread. <laughs> It starts with worship, right? And how do you wrap it up? You go back to worship. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So you start with worship. You always, he's trying to show us something. That there's a place for us in prayer to always be reverencing God. Just one line. Give us today our daily bread. Moving right along. It shouldn't be give us today our daily bread. The whole thing. And I'm not discouraging you from asking. You know, I'm just saying we should measure in worship. Can I get an amen? Yes. We should measure in worship. And when we do that, man, I'm telling you, God begins to drop all these things. It's a place of intimacy. I remember, you know, I like to spend time with the Lord. I like to. And sometimes it looks weird, even to me, while I'm spending time with God. Because we are having a proper conversation. And we're laughing about stuff. And so sometimes it looks weird, and this is why, you know, one of the reasons I enjoyed masks. It's the only reason. Because <laughs> it means I didn't look crazy to people, right? I could put my mask on, and I'm doing shopping, and we're just talking with the Lord. And no one can see my lips moving, so I don't have to, you know, look crazy. It's the only reason I enjoyed masks. Because now, without a mask, you can actually see my lips moving. See me in the car, and I've seen people look at my car crazy, like... I don't know, Cuckoos. <laughs> who is he talking to? <laughs> Thank God for Bluetooth. They probably think I'm on a, you know, 
But most of the time, I'm just having a conversation with the Lord, and the Lord is speaking, and I speak back. I ask questions, and he tells me stuff. I remember when we were doing the, the, the album, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I don't have any musical background, but I would love to participate and, you know, uh, lead by example. Because, I mean, it had been in the works, right, for a long time, and no one saw the vision. So you got to lead by example. You know, you got to put your hand up and be vulnerable, right? So I said, Lord, I would love to learn. And the Lord said, don't worry, I'll teach you. And Marshall was teaching us at the last song writing session, right? I, uh, you, you were saying that you don't, you can never write a worship song. That's what he said. He said you, you don't compose a worship song. You can't do it. He said uh, God puts it in your spirit. He, he quoted the verse that says he puts a new song in your mouth. It is God. You can't write a worship song. None of us can. It is God who puts a worship song in our mouth. Amen? And so I was spending time with the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, um, there are two songs. So I wrote, you know, the first, one, the first one, the Lord, you know, downloaded it in my spirit. We wrote, I call you Father. I just wanted something about Father, right? I'm talking to my Heavenly Father. Pater is our nourisher. And I wrote that. I wrote that. And uh, the Lord said to me, that's a song. I said, really? He said, yeah. And so we shared it with the guys. And, and man, we found out it was a really beautiful song. And now 12 days from album launch, the Lord said to me, I'm going to do something cool with you. I said, really, Lord? He said, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm going to write a song through you, and it's going to be funky. I said, really, Lord? He said, yeah. He said, take your pen. I took my pen, and I started writing. He said, write on the tree. I said, okay, I'm going to write that on the tree. He said, what did I do for you on the tree? I said, you took our sin. He said, what else? He said, you took our poverty. He said, what else? You took our sickness. He said, now write that in lines, you know, counting. So I write in counting. I don't write in music because, you know, I'm far from that. So he said, write that, and I wrote that. This is in a place of intimacy. I wrote that, you know, I wrote that, and I took my phone, and the Lord said to me, okay, you press record, I'm going to make you sing. And so I took my phone. True story. True story. It's amazing how it works. Man, it's awesome. Listen, when you learn how to be intimate with God, he'll make you look good. I took my phone, I said, I said, I said, he was bruised so I could be free. I'm on the tree. He proclaimed pain and food. I'm like, oh, I'm like, Lord, I'm loving this. I'm, true story. And then I got on the Zoom with the producer. I said, man, you're going to think I'm crazy, okay? But I'm going to send you an audio thing and listen to it and let me know if there's something. I sent him, he listened. He said, oh, man, this is awesome. Did you do this? I said, yeah, I did. He said, oh, man, this, this, is, this is a hit. I said, really, dog? Or you, you know, you're just trying to make me? He said, man, I'm telling you, this is good. He said, okay, get on Zoom. So we got on Zoom. He says, what else? What else? He's trying to pull stuff out of me. And the Lord said to me, he said, now, how would you keep it all off? I said, man, I'd keep it all off by saying thank you. And the Lord literally, this works like a charm. He put the banner. We used to have a banner right here with all the thank yous, right, in different languages. He literally put that banner in my face. I saw that banner in my face. So I'm starting writing down, you know, what are the thank yous in different languages. And then I said to the guys, you know what? This is going to sound crazy. Because when it comes from the Lord, it always sounds crazy. I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I think the bridge is we must just do thank yous in different languages. He said, ooh, man, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. He said, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, you throw it out there. When, 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 when it's not good, it's the Lord, <laughs> right? <laughs> when it's good, yes, sir, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he said, man, this is what we're going to do. Obrigado. That's Portuguese, uh, Portuguese, right? Obrigado, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. See you, Bonga. 
Chino Chenda, Riala Boa. I said, man, listen. I said, man, I said, man, listen. This is good. Where does that all come from? It comes from a place of intimacy. I didn't go and I said, Lord, please give me a song. I went and I said, Lord, let's just hang out. And as you hang out with God, God begins to plant seeds on the inside of you. Of revelation, all these different things that you need for your business, just go and spend time with God. Make it a habit. There was a minister, he, he, he lives on a farm. He was uh, sharing with us, he, uh, with his hands, uh, built a, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's with most older ministers. They, they do this as a ritual. They, they spend time with God, and, and this particular one built a, a prayer walk, right, around the property, and he said, he said this to us, he said, I've walked a prayer walk over 5,000 times. I said, what, what, would you, what are you doing 5,000 times? He says, that's where I spend time with the Lord, and I ask him questions, and he downloads things in my spirit. The scriptures I don't understand, I go on that prayer walk, I just spend time. He's going away from the people, from the noise, so that he can do what really prayer is about. Amen? Amen? Now, let's go to Matthew chapter number 6. Ooh, time is flying. Matthew chapter number 6. This is Jesus teaching us about prayer, right? This is what he said. He says, when you pray, don't. Someone say, don't. Uh, uh, if you're reading in the New King James, it says, when you pray, you shall not. So Jesus teaches us the you shall not of prayer before he teaches us the you shall of prayer. Do you see that? He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that, that is all the reward they will ever get. So Jesus, the first don't of prayer that he teaches us is uh, we must not pray for people's recognition. Don't pray for people's recognition. So motive is more important than what you're praying. The reason we pray, we already said, is for fellowship and relationship. It is not for people to recognize us. And so Jesus says, if you pray like the Pharisees to be recognized by people, that little pat on the back that you get, ooh, they're a prayer warrior. Hallelujah. We must start an intercession department for them. Sister Sledge will lead that department. And we're going to set up a, 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 a watch, watch tower on the city of Joburg, and Sister Sledge will tell us when the enemy is coming, because she, she is the intercessor. You know, and when you walk in, people, oh, Sister Sledge is here, hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus says that recognition that you get, that's all you're going to get from prayer. Motive is more important in anything that we do in the kingdom of God than the actual thing that we do. Even in our giving, what did he say? He said if we give our bodies to be burnt, you know, which is the ultimate sacrifice because you're going to die, he says if you don't do it motivated by love, it does not profit you anything. Amen? And so motive uh, becomes uh, very important. We don't do these things to be recognized by man. Matthew 6 verse 5, Jesus is not talking against public prayer. He's talking against a wrong motive for prayer. We know that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, prayed publicly when he raised Lazarus from the dead. John 11, he prayed and he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. And then he proceeded to raise Lazarus from the dead. Uh, Paul and Silas prayed publicly in Acts 16. He says that when they were praying, the other prisoners heard them, right? So he's not talking against public prayer. Nothing wrong with praying in public, but if, 
if, if the reason and the motive behind you praying in public is for people to recognize you, then Jesus says it's not going to profit you anything. Can I get an amen? And so the first don't that Jesus tells us is uh, don't pray for people's recognition. And the second don't that uh, Jesus uh, told us in this particular uh, uh, context is in verse, uh, verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7. He says, when you pray, uh, don't bubble on, right? Let's go to the King James. <laughs> let's, let's go to, yeah, let's go to the King James. NLT, NLT, no, King James. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Now, this is hard to preach in a charismatic, you know, uh, loud Pentecostal church, you know. It's really hard to preach. Because we believe, uh, you know, there is power in repetition, in prayer. Right? Pentecostal crowd. Breakthrough. 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 Hey, this is not me. This is Jesus. Did you see that? I'm just saying, right? We believe there's power. You know, like those little uh, games. If you go to Monte Casino, kids play this game where they have uh, two little things climbing a ladder, right? But the more you press, the more it, it powers the thing to climb a ladder to get to the top, the prize money. And so you see the kids really working hard to work that thing, that button, so that they can get to the top. And sometimes that's, what, that's the attitude we bring in prayer because God Almighty is going to be slow and slack concerning his promises, right? So we got to work him. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And God Almighty is moving. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And it takes the breakthrough. You can't stop now. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. And then it gives you. If you stop at five, tough. No, no, no. Jesus is saying that's the wrong way of doing it. Jesus is saying power in prayer is not in vain repetitions. Power in prayer is in uh, believing God will do what he says he will do. You know, we have more faith in humans than we do sometimes God. Uh, you know, we're dealing with the prayer of asking, if you will. Sometimes we have more faith in humans because if you went to a, a person that you really are trusted and you ask for money, hey, such and such, may I please have, you know, a thousand rand? And if they say to you, okay, I'm, I'll give it to you on a Wednesday, uh, if you are a well-mannered person, raised right, and you know you have your manners, and what should be your right response in that moment? But they haven't given you the money. But you know why? You can say thank you on Sunday, yet they said, I'm going to take care of it on Wednesday. It is because you, you trust that they will keep their word. But with God, you know, we go to God and say, God, can I have a thousand rand on Wednesday? God says, okay, I'll, I got you. I'll give you. You say, on Sunday night, God, <laughs> may I please have a thousand rand? And God says, hey, I got you. I'll give it to you on Wednesday. Monday morning, we start a prayer group <laughs> to bombard the gates of heaven. <laughs> now we're going to bombard. We're going to start a prayer group fast and bombard the gates of heaven. And God is, all God is saying is, I got you Wednesday, right? We treat human beings better than we treat God sometimes. I'm just saying. And verse 8, what does verse 8 say? Let's go to verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father's... What, what, what's the next word? 
Your father knows the things you have need of before you even... Man, this will change the way you pray. That God already knew your boss is acting crazy before you brought it to the... Ah, man, this will change the way you pray. That God already knew that the rent is due before you came with it. Oh, man, this will change your prayer life. Amen? Amen? Just knowing that God knows and that he is concerned enough. That's the other part we really doubt a lot. You know, we really think prayer is an adventure to try and convince an unwilling God to act on our behalf. And so that's why we do a thousand and two things to try and get him to move. But really prayer is actually us moving to the place of God's provision and grace. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't have a problem with you doing breakthrough, breakthrough, as long as you're not aiming that at God, as long as you're aiming that at yourself. If the breakthrough, breakthrough is aimed at you, because you're the, really, you are the problem. Did you know that? Did you know God is not your problem? Did you know God is not your problem? Did you know that the devil is not even your problem, because that fool was defeated 2,000 years ago? Do you know who really your problem is? The problem is whoever, when you get home, you know, go to the bathroom, lock the door inside, and go and peep in the mirror. Whoever you see, if you see the president in there, whoever you see in the mirror, whoever comes up in the mirror, that's the one you should be working on. Amen. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. But Pastor T, what about the persistent widow? Ooh, my time, man. Can I, can I end with this? Just look 18, right? Uh, what about the persistent widow who kept going to the judge? Let's go to Luke 18, 2 to 8. Luke 18, 2 to 8. It says there was a certain uh, city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Did you see that? Underline those two uh, phrases. This judge did not fear God nor regard man, right? Now, there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, get justice uh, for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by a continual coming she weary me. So this judge is saying, man, I'm tired of this widow that keeps coming back. I am tired, so therefore I'm just going to you know, do whatever she wants me to do. And unfortunately, the church has taken this uh, uh, a passage of scripture and uh, equated this character of this judge to God. They thought that Jesus was using this, uh, you know, uh, unjust judge who does not regard men nor fear God as a, as a comparison for who God is. But that's not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is using this judge as a contrast from God. He's saying, unlike God, watch what he then says. Then the Lord said, uh, hear what the unjust judge said. Do you hear that? And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with him, I tell you that he will avenge them. What's the next word? Spirit. So he's saying, unlike the unjust judge, God is not like him. You don't have to continue going to him many times so that he gets tired and just say, you know, okay, bless you. <laughs> Anybody ever heard push? Pray until? This is contrary to that. 
He's saying God will do it for you speedily. The verse we read before that said, hey, he already knows. Amen. Amen. Man, when we start treating God this way, we're going to leave up a whole lot of time for prayer uh, into this thing that I taught about earlier on about fellowship. But when we don't have this mindset, we're going to take up so much time that should be used for fellowship and intimacy, and we'll use that time over here to complain, to mama, to uh, update God, and to just, you know, bring our grocery list. And, And that's not healthy. That's all I'm saying today. That's not healthy. According to Jesus, Jesus said we will not be heard for vain repetitions. So vain repetitions is not where it's at. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And I'm going to end with this. One of the other don'ts that I put in here is this. is uh, uh, Don't pray for faith. Don't pray for faith. Don't ever pray for faith. Because if you pray for faith, what are you using? You can't use doubt to believe for faith. Amen. Amen. Scripture says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, He who comes to God must believe. What does, how does that uh, verse start? Let's, let's put it up there. He says, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 6, he says this. Listen to what he says. He says God is, uh, 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 without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now watch what, what, what he says after that. For he who comes to God. Now you don't have to come to God. Right? You can go to the bank. You can go to your friends. You can go on Facebook. And Facebook your problems instead of facing them. You can you know, do that. You can go anywhere else. Right? But if you decide to come to God, then what, watch what the next word is. He who comes to God must. It becomes a divine imperative. It's a must. Now it's a must. If you come to God, you must do something. He says, he who comes to God must do what? Believe. You don't have to come to God. You can go to the loan sharks. You can go wherever you want. You can go, to, you can go anywhere else. God. But if you decide to come to God, he says this. He who comes to God must believe. So by the time you come to God, you should have this in you, uh, this thing called belief. And, and where do you get this thing called belief? You get it from, number one, the word of God. Number two, spending time with God so that he can take the logos, the written word of God, make it come alive on the inside of you so that it can become rematos, so that it can become a living word for you. There's a difference between God said to the Philippians, uh, you know, uh, 419, my God shall supply. And there's a difference between God said to the Philippians and I heard God told me on the 4th of July, 2022, that he will supply my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When does that word, written word, becomes a living word on the inside of you? It comes as you spend time with God. God begins to make it come alive. He begins to bring, that's where the Bible says, the entrance of his word brings life. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Man, I'm telling you, there is a call of God uh, for all of us uh, to, be, to be intimate with him, spend time with him. Amen. Amen. I know we live in, uh, we live in Johannesburg. It's probably the busiest city in, 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 in Africa, right? You get up, you, you have to go to the shower quickly, as quickly as you can. 
brush your teeth after that go to the gym come back change and go to work and while you're in work while you're going to work you know you're in traffic and you're listening to all that junk from the world and uh, you, you're in traffic and it's busy busy but you get to the office you know you have to get on with it right and if you're not intentional about making a quality of time and uh, watch this now and a quantity of time you can miss out on what God uh, wants to do in your life there was a gentleman one of the, the, the pastors I respect so much he had a full of honor from India. His name is Sadhu Sundar Singh. I love that man so much. He, he was gone home to be with the Lord. He was an Anglican priest, a missionary. And so he went to New York to preach, you know, the gospel. And when he got to Manhattan off the ship, it was way back in the days of ships, he got off the ship and he walked around Manhattan and he observed the people. And he had three months worth of meetings to preach in New York. And uh, after he observed the people, he went back on the ship and he said, you know what, I'm going back to India. It's no use preaching to a group of people that are this busy. It will never stick. That's what he said. That was his observation. He said, it will never stick. And man, I'm telling you, the world out there celebrates us when we are just busy and going at it. But I'm telling you, we are missing out on a glorious opportunity in prayer to just sit still and know. Remember, when you sit still, then bring comes knowledge. You sit still and know that He is God. Amen? And so I'm saying, you know, you, it doesn't have to be a, a, a religious, you know, thing that you do. But man, in your busy week, uh, uh, spare some time to spend with the Lord. It doesn't have to be on a religious posture where you, you know, you kneel down and, or you have to get a, a, a prayer shower and light some incense. It doesn't, don't, don't get into all of that, you know, but you can just take a walk. Put a mask on, take a walk. Because you're going to say some things to the Lord, right? You're going to, you know, you're going to say one, one word or two in, and you don't want people to think you're crazy, right? Get your mask on, go for a, you know, two kilometers for us, you know, I'm saying take a walk because at home the kids are there and, you know, it gets busy, it gets loud, so you can't really do it, especially for my wife. They will follow her in the bathroom, you know, they, I, I, true I story. She has to hide in the car, you know, and just sit in the car. She, she did that actually for a season. 5 a.m. should go to the car because the kids are there right in your face and they're screaming and shouting. You can't hear anything from the Lord, right? And so, you know, if you have family, you have kids, sometimes you just need to just, you know, take that walk and, and take a walk in the park and uh, be intentional about listening. Say, Lord, you know, what should I do with this situation? Here's the truth. Here's the truth of the matter is that the Lord will never tell you to smack them. He will never tell you to read. No, true story. If you start spending time with the Lord, you start getting some real Bible solutions. The Lord will never tell you to get them back. You know why you've been feeling like getting them back and you're justified? It is because you're not spending enough time with the Lord. When you spend time with the Lord, He's gonna, He will never tell you, you know, spit on them, smack them, you know. <laughs> you know, talk to them for a minute. He'll never say that. He'll give you, you know, real life, godly solutions. And all I'm saying, not as a, as a religious thing, is man, take time out. You don't have to read. Don't, see, because sometimes when we do our devotion, morning devotion, we are reading a book. So we're already busy. So all I'm saying is go to God with a, you know, with a blank check. 
Just God, no, no book, nothing, no cell phone, nothing. Just you and God. And say, Lord, you know, speak to me. And then he's going to say some things crazy to you. I can guarantee you. And uh, he said some crazy stuff to me, crazy revelations that I've had to then go back and look for in the Bible before I preach it and say, man, that was wild. Let me go check to see if this, it's even in there. You know, and then when I look in the Bible, I'm like, wow, Lord, you're cool, <laughs> you know. And then when I preach it, true story, when I preach it, people all over say, this is the first time I've ever heard this. We were recording TV programs with Ashley Teradez when I was in the States. We finished recording, and he said this to me. He came to me and said, this is the first time I've ever heard this. It's the first time I've ever heard what you were talking about. And for me, it was the first time when I heard it from the Lord, spending time in that quiet place. I had to go find the scriptures in the Word, and, and, and the Lord showed me those scriptures, and he, he confirmed it at the mouth of two or more witnesses. So it wasn't some crazy wild thing out there. It was also founded in his word. Amen? And so, but, but here's the truth, guys. And I know I'm, I'm repeating myself. I'm doing this for a reason. Here's the truth is that when we start to honor the Lord and we start to take time out from our busy days and, and we say, Lord, speak, speak to my heart, so many amazing things begin to happen. God has been waiting. It's a green light from the Lord. We just need to go and sit, just like Mary, right? What did she do? She went and she sat at the feet of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus commanded her. He said to Martha, Martha, you're too worried about too many things. I mean, you'd expect Martha to get the compliment because she's the busy one. She's the one running around making things happen. No, Jesus gave his compliment to, to Mary, and he said, Mary chose the greater part. He chose, she, she chose the right part. And this is what Jesus said. He said, because of that, it cannot be taken away from her. You know why? Because once it's conceived on the inside of you, it can't be taken away from you. Amen? A baby is coming. There is fruit that will come. And so I'm calling the church, I'm calling all of us, myself included, to sit at the feet of Jesus and not get too busy. Don't be under pressure. Don't be under pressure. Just running to get there so you can observe the thing fall apart is not going to help anyway. Right? Just take time out and say, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And here's the deal. I'm, I'm helping somebody with this. In the first two, three weeks, you may not get anything. Spectacular. Because I know y'all. I know y'all. You want to do it tomorrow. Pastor. Oh, you say, okay. Tomorrow I'm setting 10 minutes aside. And I must get something spectacular. Man, you'll miss out. You may not get anything spectacular tomorrow to write in your journal. You may not get it. Don't be under pressure. That time is investment. Do it again the next day. You may not get any spectacular thing the next day. Go and ask questions and start learning how to listen. And listen to him. And for the most part, he's going to speak to you with your own voice. Because he uses, he uses your own faculties, right? He uses your own faculties to speak to you. And so for the most part, it's going to sound like you. Don't discount it as you. Write it down. We have iPads now. You can write it down, cell phones, you can write it down and begin to revisit those things and rehearse them to yourself. And I'm not talking, I'm telling you, some of you, he's going to tell you 
crazy things. Like you told me I could write a song. That was crazy. Right? As crazy as it is, write it down. Some of you is going to tell you you're going to be CEO of the company that you work in. And you're going to see, yes, the, 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 the tendency we have is we look back and we look at the organogram. And we look at the number of layers above us. There is no way. This is happening, right? There is no way this is happening. But I'm telling you, if it's a word from the Lord, man, receive it, write it down. We already said last week, don't curse that word. Don't speak against it. Receive it, write it down, revisit it. You know, he's going to tell you some crazy things. Some of you are going to look and uh, go back to look at your uh, results in college and metric and, and you want to use that as a barometer for God's word to come to pass. You see what we do is because we are so conditioned to go with the natural. And all of the natural circumstances are going to be disqualifying you. I'm telling you, if it's truly a word from God, all of your natural circumstances will be telling you, not you. And don't go with those natural circumstances. Choose to go with God's word. Sit down, receive that word, write it down where you can see it. Amen. I'm telling you, that word will come to pass. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I just thank you for you have a destiny for each and every one of them. That's bigger than what they've ever seen, even in, the, even in their wildest dreams. Lord, I thank you, Father, that as they begin to draw near to you, as they begin to prioritize spending time with you and hearing from you, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you may make their hearts sensitive to hear what thus says the Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that Jesus has qualified us to come into your presence with boldness. I thank you, Father, that you have given us a heart, that of a sheep, so that we can hear the shepherd's voice. Lord, I thank you that as we launch out into the deep, for the deep calleth unto deep. Lord, I thank you, Father, that as we launch out into the deep, you will begin to whisper, even in the slightest whisper of your voice. Lord, I thank you that these, your children, will not miss it. But, Father, that they will hear it. It will be as clear as day. Lord, I thank you that not a single word will fall to the ground. I thank you, Father, that those you have called to uh, a business, those you have called to minister, those you... Lord, I thank you that you are revealing, you are giving a personal revelation to them for what you have called them to do. Thank you, Father, that you are uh, illuminating, you are lighting up a path that they only and they only can walk. That is, they sit with you, Lord, you will begin to speak and say, there is the way, walk ye in it. Lord, I take the struggle out of life right now in the name of Jesus. I take the struggle out of hearing you. I take the struggle out of business. I take the struggle out of prayer right now in the name of Jesus. Sweet fellowship. Sweet fellowship. Sweet as honey. 
I take the, the religious spirit out of prayer right now in the name of Jesus. We will receive it and have it for what it is and for the reason that you gave it, which is to have fellowship with you, O oh Lord. Lord, I thank you that it is in that place of fellowship that you will begin to bring conception. You will begin to plant seeds, seeds of change, seeds of increase and growth and prosperity. I thank you, Father, that this is a generation of those that will cut a new path. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, man, I'm telling you. Some of you, you're going to pick up the phone during the day, call your husband and say, man, I just heard the Lord, and it's crazy. You're going to pick up the phone, tell your wife, man, I just heard the Lord, and it's wild. Amen. And you're going to go to God's word, and it will be there. You will confirm it. It's amazing. You know, sometimes I, I use an English word I never heard before. You know, I'm not an expert. My wife is. I use an English word I never heard. And then when we get home, you know, I say, honey, man, I think I messed it up. Does that, does that work? And, you know, she says, yeah, you did, you did good. And I chill out. I relax. And I'm telling you, when you're open to God, He will use you in spaces that you are not qualified to be used in. It's amazing. Amen. Amen visiting with us for the very first time we're going to ask you one more time to put your hand up wherever you are we just want to honor you so if you are visiting with us i see those hands come on come on let's put our hands together <coughs> as they as they put their hands up yes we love our visitors so we're going to ask you one more time to do one more thing for us if today was your first time we have uh, lunch prepared for you. It's not a big lunch. It's just a snack, right? But we have, some, we have some food prepared for you. We have an extra gift, right, that we have prepared for you. So we're going to ask you to grab all your belongings, make your way to the two glass doors on my left, your right. And we have some lovely people that are going to say hi to you. They're going to pray with you if you have any prayer needs. They're going to pray for you, pray for your grandkids, pray for your children. Man, it's going to be awesome. Amen. In fact, I am told that if anyone has prayer, if you have prayer, do not leave this place with that uh, prayer need, right? So uh, who's going to wave there? Let's see. Is there anyone outside? I'm going to ask them to come back in. Somebody else? Is there anyone outside? You can, they can come back in and wave. Somebody in there? Somebody? Karen, you can do that. You can just wave and take them down to the lounge. So if you have a prayer need, Karen over there. You want to wave, Karen? Karen over there. She's going to take you to the prayer lounge. We have some people that are going to pray with you and say what's up. Uh, some of our elders here in the front, you can just come to the front and they will pray with you. Uh, pray about your business. Don't go with the pressures of life. If you are under any kind of pressure, we have some people here that are ready to, to pray with you and pray for you. If you have any pain in your body, you're going to run to the front at the end of the service. They're going to lovely people. You're going to love them. They will pray for you and uh, they will love on you. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Remember these words, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who